Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I am introducing our new co-host here on Thrifters Villa. Her name is Jen. Hello, Jen. Hi, everyone. How are you? <laughs> welcome, welcome. So, Jen and I are just going to sit down today and just chat. We're going to get to know Jen on a more personal level. Um, mm-hmm. Jen has been on the podcast before. She's been on twice, right? Twice. I have. Yes, actually, I have. I've been on there twice. And um, I want to say that one was an episode in your first season. Mm-hmm. Where it was just kind of getting to know me. Uh, and then my second episode was all about this transition that I made of being coming a mom and, you know, being a reseller. So if I do repeat myself on anything that I've said in those past two uh, <laughs> podcasts, I do apologize. But um, yeah, if you want to go back and listen to those to get to know me just a little bit better. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll just go from there, everyone. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So I'm going to include those episodes in the show notes for everyone. So if you want to go back and listen to those two episodes and then listen to this one, you can do that or listen to this one, then listen to the ones in the past and see how Jen has really <laughs> changed. Um, you can do that. Yes, too. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there has some, there's been some big changes from when we first started the podcast and you were yes. on and now um the first thing being is you have moved back to san diego because when you were when we first interviewed you you were here in new england you were in massachusetts and now you're back in san diego with family and as sad as it was for me it was also very exciting to see you go back and family and how everything has evolved for you guys like Mm -hmm. you know just just everything has been so great for you so and it's also fun because now it's west coast east coast yeah, so that's what I'm really excited about. Um, you know, uh, I love thinking of our New England family, reseller family. We are very close, and that's something I think that is very special in the reselling community. Um, you know, we see each other in the thrift stores and say hi, or we, when we could get together, we would, you know, try to get together and have dinners or reseller chats, meetups, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I think that I bring in a now a unique perspective because as much as we love New England and we love our New England girls, you know, I'm now here on, on the West Coast. So I'm really excited to bring that perspective to Thrifters Villa, you know, talking about thrifting in a different area. What is it like? Maybe comparing also the two as well. I think that'll be really interesting. Um, And, you know, just kind of talking about my journey in general when it comes to reselling. I feel like I've evolved so much from when I started back in um, 2017 is when I did it. 2017, that sounds funny to say that. (laughs) so long ago. We're going into 2022 now, so. It feels like so long ago. And so. You know, with, with, with my reselling journey, you know, I, like I started out in New England, that's where I, I did it. You know, I had just moved from San Diego. Um, I'm originally from San Diego and that's where my family is. And um, we ended up moving out to the Boston area because that's where my husband is from. So wanted to have an adventure, do something different. And, um, you know, something about reselling that I always keep really deep in my heart is that it really helped me so much when I first moved there. I don't know how any of you feel, but um, working from home as an adult is, is very difficult, right? So socially trying to meet people, people who understand what you kind of do, that's always really a challenge. And so for me, it was really hard to make friends. Uh, you know, friends that weren't friends of my husband's, let's put it that way. Right, right. right. My own group, my own tribe, my own set of friends. And reselling really gave that to me. You know, I met Daniela, I met Lori, I met all these other amazing men and women in the New England area. And they truly are my friends. And they really saved me a lot, you know, from being alone and um, not having my own thing. So I really love reselling, not just for like the aspect of like thrifting and the hunting and right and um, sourcing and making that score and making the profits. Of course, I love all that, right? Who doesn't love making the profits? (laughs) Exactly. But I really love reselling because it really helped me during a time that was very challenging for me. 
Yeah, I want to say when we first met, so Jen and I had gone back and forth on Instagram for a little bit. And I like, I looked up to Jen. (laughs) I did, I slid right into Jen's DMs. But it's because Jen inspired me. And I forgot how I even came across your Instagram page. It's Mm -hmm. social media, right? I'm sure someone posted something. Maybe it was Tracy that posted something. So Tracy Mm -hmm. is another local friend of ours. Um, Me, myself and Donuts, if you guys don't know. Everyone knows Tracy. Like, Everyone knows Tracy. She's a wonderful person. <laughs> and Tracy's wonderful. She's a wonderful, yes. wonderful person. And I think that's probably how the connect- connection was made. But like, I looked up to Jen when I first started. So there were like a few people that were local that I looked up mm-hmm. to. So I was like, these people are doing it and they've been doing it for longer than me. And they seem like they know what they're, what they, what they're doing. And I'd love <laughs> to get to know them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So like, Lori. Yeah, I, I fooled everyone, didn't I? <laughs> it. it was you. It was Lori. It was Tracy. Because Tracy had a huge following from when I first started yes, you know, getting to know her. Um, it was Leslie, who isn't from New England, but I feel like she is from New England because she's, she's like an honorary New England gal. Right? I agree. <laughs> Um, but just Lisette, like everyone, like I just, I was so new to it all, but Mm -hmm. advancing, I guess, at a faster pace than what others would, just because I did resell in the past for my own pleasure. Also, you love to just go in head first and whatever you're doing, whatever you're passionate I mean, come on. <laughs> I literally have Let's zero thought process. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then we're going to see what yeah. happens. And if I fail, exactly. I fail. And if I do well, then cool. We're going to keep going and we're going to keep improving. I yep. literally like, that's just me and everything in life. When it comes to jobs, I'm like, you know, when people my when You always go in 100%. Yep. If supervisors you, ask me to do something, like, do you think you can do it? I'm like, mm, I don't really know, but I'm going to try it. And if I can't, let you know. You know, it's just, and it's the Capricorn in me too, right? I'm a little bit of a control freak. but but anyway that you know that's how me and Jen kind of came about we ended up meeting in person a few months later and that was like the highlight of me and Jen's night was meeting each other like we were we were sending messages back and forth and I was like I can't wait to see you like so excited (laughs) it's so nice you know Uh, you know I don't know how you guys feel but I'm sure you guys have some people out there that you chat with that you have um a great connection with and it's so nice when you finally meet your internet friends in real life <laughs> yeah, so true there's so many people like in our patreon group and stuff where I'm like oh, one day one day we're all gonna get together so I can just hug them all you know oh, I wish I could hug yes. every single listener that listens to this podcast but it's like it's so to even do such a thing right now is almost impossible um, <laughs> with just the state the world is in right very true but there's just something special about that and mm-hmm. um and and that night was really special for all of us but you know I think the reason why Jen is someone that I kind of clung on to was her brand knowledge and mm-hmm. her knowledge of like the sourcing game because mm-hmm. I felt like when I was learning all of this stuff about sourcing and watching all these haul videos, because that's what we all do when we first start out, right? Like you're you're going to YouTube, you're going to Instagram, like, all right, how are these people doing it? What are they finding? Mm -hmm. And I found that when I was looking at those labels, figuring, yeah, like remembering all the names that people are talking about. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And and it's overwhelming when you first start and you, you like, you know, and, and I remember like watching your stories and being like, okay, this girl has a game plan. All these hauls mm-hmm. that I'm watching, there's no game plan involved. I feel like I'm just sitting here and I'm okay. I'm like no explanations, right? right? I'm absorbing what these brands are, but I need a plan because that's who I am. So like I tried to find mm-hmm. people to guide me in that direction. And Jen was one of those people. So Jen, mm-hmm. for those who don't know what your background yeah. is, and I know you kind of went into it in the, in our previous episode where we yeah. introduced you to everyone, but maybe kind of give a little more of an in-depth of like how being a buyer in the past helped you formulate your plan for when you started sourcing, because I feel like to be successful in sourcing is not only the brand having the brands accessible to you is the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing is understanding what those brands are, but there's mm-hmm. more to it than just the brands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to, you know, um, as you guys know, my background is in merchandising buying. So um, I've done that for many, many years, I, you know, and I absolutely enjoy it. I wanted to be one of those like fashion girls, you know, that was like a fancy buyer. Okay. Hold on. Stop right there. Stop right there. I've been watching Selling Sunset on Netflix. I like Uh binge watching it. 
And oh my God. I watched one episode of it and I could not. <laughs> okay. But I binge it because it's so bad. It's like one of those things where like, I can't look away. I don't like anyone on the show, but like, I can't stop because, and funny. it's not because of the selling of the houses. It's the fashion that they're wearing. So you oh. California people are wild. That's all I'm going to say. Oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think your California background knowledge has helped you as well because it is crazy. So I think, yeah, a lot of people are really obsessed with, with fashion here, which is funny to me because we basically have one season, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is ridiculous because I feel like my fashion improved when I went to the East coast because I actually had to like, we're well-rounded. Well, yeah, I had to like actually have jackets and coats and boots and you know I mean yes you can wear boots here but you're sweating half the time <laughs> you really are anyway I totally interrupted but you were saying that was no. like oh my god so oh yeah like California fashion is just wild it is and so I think that um you know like for me like I said I, I really wanted to get into fashion that's what I wanted to do and so um you know I decided to go in the business of fashion yeah. and I love the idea of coming like putting the stuff in the stores, right? So it really starts out when you're a buyer where you really have to have an eye for kind of what's coming up, what's in season, what's working. So for example, if you are going to like a runway show, right? And even like Gucci and Fendi and all those really fancy houses, right? You have buyers that are sitting there in the front row and they're going through all the collections and within the collections, you're cherry picking, right? You're picking all the items. You're not buying everything. You're cherry picking what's going to work for your next season. Because usually as a buyer, you're looking six months ahead, always, right. you know, so you're always thinking about the next thing. Um, so really it's like, you're curating a collection for the department that you're working for. Um, and not only are you curating a collection, you also have to work within the means of your budgets, Right within the means of your numbers. So I thought, why can't you apply that to reselling, right? So we all talk about, especially in the early days, I want to say, we all talked about how Poshmark, we wanted all curated closets. That know? was huge in Poshmark. That's Absolutely. how some sellers got their like jumpstart was curated. Yeah, because I think when it came to like eBay, for example, eBay was just like, throw it up and sell it. Right. So I know even myself, um, you know, when I've had my eBay store full, full capacity, I just threw whatever up there and it didn't matter. I didn't have to have a certain look or a certain aesthetic, a certain feel, but the idea was to have a curated closet. And it's almost like Poshmark was your platform for your personal boutique store. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why can't I apply the same things that I've learned and in buying into my reselling business? Rather than going in and just picking out brands here and there, if I want to have a curated closet collection, then I need to be really looking at brands that are going to work for me, things that aesthetically kind of work within either what I like, what my customers are liking, and, you know, really diving into that information when there really wasn't information available to us. Right. Right. So looking at where are my, like, I thought it was really interesting to see where, who were my customers? Where were they buying from? And even in New England, most of my customers were from California. So that's, that's why I would go that. in and I would look at shorts, you know, like summer dresses in New England in the dead of winter when nobody else is looking at it, because I'm like, I know that there are people out there that are in warmer weather that are looking at my closet. So that's just like one example of like how I would apply, you know, some of my buying knowledge. Another one would be also my budget. I was very strict on my budget. So strict. You were. They still are. Although Jen's got a little more lenient. She's got a little more lenient. I have. I have. But I will share that at the beginning, um, for years, well, maybe not years, but months and months and months, my budget was only $400 is what I told myself I would spend. I would spend $400, no more. And every week, so that I was like, okay, that's about $100 a week you know, where I would go and I would source and I stuck to that. I really yeah. did. And I kept trying to see how much can this $400 give me, you know? And at first it was like, okay, so I made a thousand dollars in profit. Great. Okay. That's what that made for that one. Then I was able to get up to like 1200, then 1500, then 2000. And so I was able to push it for a really long time. And then when I kind of plateaued and I realized, okay, I'm not making any more than X amount of dollars. I need to up my budget now. 
you know, so it's just like really figuring out what those numbers are from the beginning. I think that is what really helped me a lot too, to grow my business in a very methodical way, if that makes sense. <laughs> I, um, so going back to the whole source, I think this could be like a whole episode. So if you guys are interested in this, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the evolution of sourcing is like the most fascinating thing as a reseller, oh. because oh. when I first started, my budget was nothing. <laughs> I was like, I'm selling yeah. everything that's in my closet first. Yes. And then I always, I always agree with that pe- with people that they need to do that first. I yeah. still think that that's how you have to start. I still do it. If I'm like running low on inventory, but I really don't have the cash flow to go out mm-hmm. and source. I'm like, all right, pulling things out of my closet. Haven't worn you in three months. You're going. Yeah. Kind of like thing. get, get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then it slowly built up to, it was like, it was $50. And then no, mind you, we were in different situations. Jen was a full-time reseller. I was not, and I'm still not. Um, Mm -hmm. Then it was a hundred dollars for the full, for the month. And then it was 200. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, if I spend $400 in one one sourcing trip, now I'm only going maybe once or twice a month now. So it's a little different. Yeah. But I'll spend four hundred dollars on a sourcing trip Mm -hmm. because of the items that I'm grabbing and the way that my business has evolved. But I think it's so Mm -hmm. important to, to have those discussions with yourself and, and realize that first of all, we're all in different places, no matter where you are in the source. All in different places. And we all source in different places too. We Mm -hmm. have to all think that too, not only where we go thinking like bins, thrift stores, retail arbitrage, I'm talking about regions too, because things are way more expensive out here in California than they were in New England. I just went to Nordstrom Rack to try to see, you know, because I was looking for Christmas presents and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll do some retail arbitrage because I really enjoyed doing that. But no, (laughs) it was so much more expensive out here, even the clearance items. So there's a lot of factors involved, right? There is. And I think I think it'd be a good discussion to have maybe one day on the on the podcast Mm -hmm. to kind of break that all down for people, because Jen's experience in buying helped her evolve her sourcing process, right? And understanding like the value of spending a certain amount of money on one piece compared to spending it on another piece. So like exactly one pair of X jeans may cost $20, but the return on it's 500. Another pair of X jeans may cost 20, but return on return on it's 45. And like mm-hmm. understanding that difference. Yeah. Between, and it's not always brand related. So I feel yeah. like having that background, Jen, helped you kind of evolve that process really early on in your reselling journey? I think so. I think so. And also I, I felt like I was doing a lot of comp shopping too. That was a big thing before I, before I heard a lot of people talking about it, you know, because comp shopping is really, really important to do and how to comp shop. That's the big thing. Now, remember the comps don't always line up right but there oh. is a pattern to it and it's about figuring out the pattern not what did the other thing sell for <laughs> like it's going yeah. down a little bit of the history of an item and you know sometimes you might not have the history but the history is there so again it was just trying to figure out ways on how to make the platform work for me without having the reporting systems that I was used to having right as a buyer so I mean those are just some of the things that you know I kind of did and then also you know knowing what kind of patterns are really popular? What are evergreen pieces is what we used to call them. So items that you always have in stock, no matter what season they are. Um, Also knowing what kind of colors or patterns that don't tend to do well, what kind of cuts are better. Um, You know, all of that was really factored in my decision of that hundred dollars that I used to do, you know, where I'm like, if it was between, you know, two pairs of jeans, I would factor all that in. And say, okay, you know, like, I'm not going to get these ones because I think these ones are going to sell better because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's so much more that goes into reselling than what we see out there. Like everything has a, has a strategy and, and, and all of that. And, and I think it's fair to say that as you grow as a seller, um, you're not always open to share all of those aspects because you've worked really hard to get to that yeah. point to understand it. And, and I, I respect those people a lot and I, no one gives away a hundred percent of their secrets, right? Like, well, no you have that. to think like, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That type of information is incredibly protected when it comes to traditional re- retailers, right? Retailers aren't going like Target's not going in and telling, you know, like Walmart what their prices right. are and vice versa or what their strategy is going to be or where they get their product. What is their fall line going to look like? Like none of that happens. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fact that there are people that are willing to share that, it's absolutely amazing. And the fact that there are people that don't want to share it, I 100% respect that. Yeah, I, reselling and retail are, are honestly the same thing. It's just they, the structure uh, of it is a little different, but the principles are all the same. And I think, and I have an extensive retail background as well. I have over 15 mm-hmm. years of retail background and bridal background. So like when you talked about going to shows and picking out what was going to be next, we did the same thing in the bridal world. We mm-hmm. went to shows and sat there and said, that will never sell in our establishment. We can't bring that in. Or, right. okay, those two pieces will, we'll bring some mm-hmm. of those in, you know? Yeah, it is really interesting because I, um, so I used to, one of my jobs, I was a director of retail operations for a hot yoga studio mm-hmm. and I ran their boutique section and we had 13 locations across the United States and I had locations in the Midwest and in California was where we were based out of. And what I bought for the Midwest was not the same as to what I bought for California. I remember one time making the mistake of, we had locations in Chicago, buying these like beautiful sweaters, but they had holes in the back. You know what I mean? They're like- they're going to work in Chicago? Yeah. And I sent them to Chicago and they looked at me, they were like, we would never wear that here. They're like, that's a pretty California sweater. And I'm like, oh, so, you know, I mean, obviously I make mistakes, not perfect, (laughs) but, um, you know, all that, all that factors in. And I think that we need to start thinking of ourselves as retailers, not necessarily just resellers. I agree. You know, obviously there is magic in the water when it comes to reselling, because if there wasn't places like Nordstrom wouldn't be doing it, you know, all these like big, I can't think off the top of my head anymore, big companies that are doing it. Well, they're all doing it. They're They're all all doing it. So there's obviously something there. So we need to start thinking of ourselves as serious business people as we're going forward with this journey and start to think of our business that way, because that is going to be the way that we grow all, all of us together. Yeah, I agree. Some people do this as a hobby and that's great. That's totally fine. I think, I think if this is your outlet, like you like shopping and this is kind of like your hobby, like you get to go shopping and buy things and sell them and (laughs) make a little bit of cash to then go buy something for yourself or whatever, like that's fantastic. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I I love the hobby resellers. I mean, honestly, in in full transparency, you know, that's where I kind of am right now mm-hmm. for myself. Um, I've had a lot of changes in my personal life that don't allow me to go out as much as I would like to and run the business the way that I would like to. Um, you know, so I've moved into hobby reselling for the moment. That's not to say that I won't change, but it could change for everybody, right? And, um, you know, you're investing money into it though. You're putting in dollars. So no matter if your hobby, if you're full-time, it's six figures, you know, this has potential to make you money, right? So you don't want to just be leaving dollars on the table or throwing things away or giving things away at any level of reselling. Yeah, I agree. And there's, there's, you know, in Jen's, expertise in that has helped her evolve her business in a way that was extremely successful. Jen was a full-time reseller for years. It wasn't like a, like a small period. Like it it was years that she was a full-time reseller. She just recently transitioned into being Mm -hmm. full-time in Mm -hmm. the workforce. Um, But Mm -hmm. you built that on your own and you created Mm -hmm. systems that worked for you and applications. And I think all of your background in retail definitely helped you get to that point. What would you say was the easiest thing about reselling when you became full-time? Like what was the easiest part about selling? I should say, like, what was the easiest thing for you? What came so easily to you that you were like, I got this, like, 
not a big deal. And what was the hardest thing as a full-time reseller for you? This is pre-Ellie. So Ellie is Jen's little babe. So yes. pre-Ellie, what pre- were the things you struggled with? We'll talk about post-Ellie after. <laughs> that's yeah, changed right? a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, pre-Ellie, oh my God. I know, it seems like so long ago. It does. I would say that the easiest thing for me was it's going to sound so silly, but I, I I would say probably like sourcing. I know that sounds so lame, but it was so easy because I had all the time to do it. That made such mm-hmm. a big difference. When you're full time, you can go at all hours of the day. You can go for hours and hours and hours. Like I used to go to the Boston bins, like at least once a week. Yep. I would get there at 9am and then I would be there pretty much the entire day up until I knew that traffic was really, really bad, you know? So, um, and there were times where I used to go and I would hit up the bins in the morning and then I'd go to like three or four Goodwills after that. Mm-hmm. So that was really easy for me when the, my time was my own. Um, and I got such amazing pieces because of that, because I was able to travel quite a few distance away from my home to go to the best places that I could. Um, so that one was really, really easy for me. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because, because I loved what I grabbed, I was really good about not having a death pile. I will do my work on that. You know, I'm really good about not having a lot of stuff sitting around. I am kind of like Daniela too. (laughs) This is why we get along where I, drives me nuts when I see messes, when I see work that needs to be done. So photographing it and getting it all prepped and everything, that was always fine. I was the worst at shipping. (laughs) So I was too for a long time until I made the conscious decision myself and, and I gave myself this grace because I, because I'm not a full-time reseller, right? Even mm-hmm. though I run this business, I, I run it on a, I can't even say it's a part-time basis. Like I just, I have a full-time job outside the home. You know what I mean? So yeah. I have given myself the grace to only ship, uh, ship on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then yeah, that's the other- what I did too. And I was a full-time reseller, <laughs> but that's what worked for you. But you know what it is? Shipping. Oh, I don't know what it was lot. just like pulling the inventory because like, I know some people they like put them in plastic bags I don't like to do that because yeah, I always worry that like what if I need to look at it again what if I need and to then I'm gonna ruin the plastic again? bag and then I get and another ruin, one yeah, yeah I don't want to do that so I would never put everything in a plastic bag so I would have to go fishing for it in my bins which I had my I have my bin system like that's a, not a problem but I don't know what it was it was just the act of like going to find it and then folding it and putting it in a poly mailer and then putting well putting it in the plastic poly mailer and then putting it in the poly mailer or a box or something and yep. then and then going to, going the, to the post office to the post and office. that's Even my, my that's, post office that's my least like, favorite my <laughs> least favorite is going to the post office and and that's because I didn't have porch pickup or anything for a long time but I'm still not doing it I just drive to the UPS down just the street drive. I would just drive I know I should do porch pickup but I just feel kind of bad always like yeah, well, me too. when I put you it know, in the mailbox, I'm like, I'm so sorry that I'm putting sorry. boxes in the mailbox. Yeah, and like my mailbox was all the way at the street where my house was. And so it wasn't like I could just leave packages there, you know? So yeah. the, my mail carrier would have to like stop his route, get, drove up my driveway. You know what I mean? So I felt really bad. And, um, but I was the worst at shipping you guys. Like, I remember people would always be like, oh, look at my average shipping. It's 0.5 days and I'm like I'm right. at one point I'm at 1.5 and I'm a full-time <laughs> mine's 2.1 I think let me check oh, right I'm now I'm sure mine has gotten worse <laughs> I think mine's 2.1 let's check it out I tried for so long to like keep it at one and I was like why am I doing this like what does it really matter yeah. I'm not Amazon yeah that's how I look at it I'm like I'm not Amazon unless somebody reaches out to me specifically and says hey you know right. I have an event do you think that you could get this to me I'm like sure you know but then other times I'm just like, well, why didn't you wait last minute? <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving for a trip on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. That's it. It's Saturday. Sure. You're not going to get it for Tuesday. <laughs> not right now. Do you not know the shipping delays that it's occur? Like Saturday, 5 p.m. You're yeah. Like, Sorry. Post girl, office is not going to happen. Like, I, sure. You want to pay for overnight shipping on a different platform? Go for it. But I'm not doing that. Yeah. But yes, my what, average ship time is 2.1 oh, yeah. and my average rating is not 5.0, it's 
No. Yeah, well, point nine. But I'm okay you, with that. I really you do work on that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Listen, I have 1,859 ratings, but I've sold way more than that. So not everyone leaves a rating too. So it's, rates, like, it's skewed, all right? Poshmark, it's skewed. And I don't really care, to be honest with you. Did I get paid? Yup. All right. Then that's all I care about. That's all I care about too. I know my customer service is good. I can't help if someone was not happy with the transaction. I can't help if you didn't fit in those pants (laughs) that you thought that you were going to fit in. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) The latest one that I got was, Mm -hmm. I knew what the size was. This is a case. It's open right now and Poshmark still hasn't done anything with it. I don't even bother responding to certain cases cases like used this. to bother me so much now I'm just like that nah, return care. it if you want I don't care <laughs> yeah I don't care so she says that she knew that the what the sizing was according to the listing and everything she mm-hmm. bought them because she thought that they would fit her but now they don't so now she doesn't like them and wants to return them well if you knew what the size was and you knew that they probably weren't going to fit you then why didn't you, why, why did you do it? Mm-hmm. Why did you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't buy them on Poshmark because they don't care. That's <laughs> Buy them on do. eBay. It's true. Yeah. There you can wear them for 30 days and send it back. <laughs> Some girl, this is a true story, bought a sweater from me. Yeah. Wore it to an event. She flat out told me after the item was returned and I wasn't stupid. I knew she did this. Wore it to an event. Oof opened up a case, continued to wear it because she didn't send it back until like the last possible days that it had to be returned. Then I got it back to me smelling of her perfume. And I was like, cool. I'm glad you got a nice wear out of this. Not only returned it back to me, but you get your money back as well. So but the fact that she admitted it, what a monster. <laughs> I was like, why, why do I, why am I on eBay? Why? Because it has good buyers. Because you make money. Because you make money. That's the problem. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, no. I mean, cases Anyway, digressing, but. (laughs) This is going to happen a lot. I'm really sorry, sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. (laughs) It's true. It's true. We will digress a lot. That's just how, this is just who we are as people. We're going to digress. But it's all related to what we're talking about for the most. It is. It is. It all circles back. (laughs) Wait, what were we talking about again? Okay. <laughs> um, so, okay. So that was pre-Ellie's. Now, post-Ellie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's all. Oh, no, okay. Let, let, let's, let's go back to in between when you were pregnant. Okay. COVID. Pregnancy was really difficult. Yes. Really difficult. I think that is where I saw a huge hit with my business. Um, I really, really struggled keeping my business afloat, to be honest, because One in Massachusetts, we were incredibly strict, right? So everything was closed. I'm talking any place that I could source was closed, right? So all my thrift stores, the bins, which are still closed in Boston, um, anywhere where I would retail arbitrage was closed. So I had to resort to online. And so this is where literally there were days, you guys, where Danielle and I would get on the phone and we would like source with each other. Be like, oh, I found these. Oh, check out this girl's For hours. Check out this girl's closet. We hours. spent hours and hours and we did really great. Honestly, yeah. like, yes, you can source on Poshmark and on eBay and on Mortari. The problem is the volume. You're not going to get as many items. That's just the flat out reality of it. I don't care how much time you spend on Poshmark. You know, you're never going to get as many things that you you would have at the bins or at, you know, a whole day of thrifting. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, on average, I was averaging, you know, about 30 to 40 pieces a week that I would find at the thrift store, you know, and, and then when COVID shut down, you know, it was probably like, I was getting like three to four packages, but you also have to think we had to think of shipping, right? So sometimes you would find an item that was a great deal, you're like, but I can't justify the shipping for one item because I can't bundle anything else in this closet, you know? So it was really tough. It was really, really tough. So I think I did my best to try to keep my business afloat with that. Um, But then also being pregnant and not really knowing what was going on with COVID, once things kind of opened up, myself and my family um, were not comfortable with me going out. You know, thrift stores aren't known as the cleanest places yeah. in the world yeah. in case you didn't know <laughs> in case you did not know 
Um, but, you know, we didn't really know what kind of information was out there. And so I just didn't feel comfortable and confident in going out. Um, and then even after, once I had my daughter, you know, I, um, I didn't feel comfortable too taking a small child, um, you know, to the thrift stores. Uh, you know, I didn't know, cause you hear all the time, those stories of people who are like, you know, random strangers coming up to your kid and saying, you know, wanting to say hi and, and people are just being nice and polite, you know, but at the same time too, it's like that kind of stuff really scared me, you know, because yeah. I don't know what your status is. I don't know who you are anyways, in general, you're going to be protective of your yeah. little cub, right? Yes. When, <laughs> when they're incredibly tiny and don't have an immune system. <laughs> Right. And never mind COVID being a thing, but I think it, so when Jen was pregnant, when thrift stores first opened, I invited Jen to come out thrifting with me. And it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, and and I almost like felt guilty, like, oh, should I even be inviting her? Because I know, you know, she's pregnant and you were pretty far along at that point. Like I was, I I was, you know, there were some times where I would go because I went with Lori too. Uh, We went thrifting too. And it was like a week or two before my due date yeah but to be honest with you it was kind of nice to go with a friend um just because like I kind of had that extra I don't want to say backup but you know what I mean like true it's true yeah and And then then I needed to get out (laughs) I was gonna say but I wouldn't go but I wouldn't go but I would go like as a social thing right with a friend but I wouldn't be going like into the city into Boston into like all the stuff I just no I was going to like the local suburbs like yeah that's exactly what what we did and then the post Ellie we went sourcing together well I called Jen and I was like (laughs) I was like Jen is Ellie awake what's going on you need to come to the thrift store right now that was a hundred percent worth it (laughs) this was like a once in a lifetime opportunity and I had already told Jen if you can't make it I'm just gonna buy everything and then Mm -hmm. we'll split it later like I'll just drive to your house and we'll split it kind of thing but you know um that was another time where as a friend, you're like, okay, I mean, she's got a newborn and there's all this stuff going on in the world mm-hmm. and she really can't get out, but I don't want mm-hmm. her to miss out on this opportunity. And there's no way that I can take all this stuff. Like yeah. I can buy it all, but I'm not going to take it all kind of thing. And, right. you know, so we, we had those, those instances as well, but really we didn't go out together that much during that time. And then even when Ellie was a little bit bigger, like yeah. six months, seven months kind of yeah. thing. And, and you guys were prepping to, to move again. Move. Mm-hmm. Um, even at that point, I feel like our sourcing together was different and obviously yeah. not mad about it. It's just that your life. Well, no, because crazy. I was like, Hey, Danielle, look at this cool thing. And you're like, Oh my God. And they're like, you can take it. Cause I'm yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> and it's so much fun, but it's, it was in that stage of your life and where you were at. And I, and I guess the question I have that I'm sure people know and that are listening are wondering is how did that affect you mentally that mm-hmm. you were able to do the things that you once did? Mm-hmm. And then how did you learn to cope and, and use that as a way to be where you are now, where you understand, well, now you have a full-time job, but if you didn't have a full-time job, right. And you were still reselling full-time, how, how do you think you'd be able to navigate that? I find, I feel like, cause I know you personally, you've found your way and how, and how to do it and how to incorporate family time, Ellie time and all of that, and yes. still have a successful business, even though you're not doing it to the same capacity that you once right. were. Right. Right. No. Um, you know, these are all really, really good questions. Um, I want to be honest, Jen struggled. I'm just going to say right now. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I'm not going to sugarcoat it people. Honestly, like, um, it was really, really hard. Um, I'm an older mom, quote unquote, older mom. You're not older. (laughs) You're only a couple of years older than me. No. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I felt like after having my daughter, it was, um, very draining, very tiring. Um, I knew what to expect because all my friends had had kids. So it wasn't like it was something where it was a big shocker you know, for me or anything, yeah. but, um, I was so tired, you guys, honestly, and it, with everything that was going on with, with COVID, that was really, really hard because family couldn't, they couldn't give me the support that, that I think every woman needs after she has a child. Um, you really need those key essential people. Like my mom couldn't even come and see me, you know, right away. And so I couldn't really have a lot of help. And even Daniela, who wanted to help me and everything, you know, 
she was taking care of her grandmother at the time. She had, you know, all this other stuff where it was like, we all had to be so careful, right. And protect our loved ones. And that's really what the state that we were in. So it was really tough for me because I wanted to keep going at the capacity that I, I, I was going at. I think for a long time, I was so afraid of my identity being taken away you know, and that I was just going to be a mom. And I didn't want that. I didn't want to just be a mom. I still wanted to be me too, you know? And, um, it was so tough because I couldn't go at the capacity that I wanted to, I couldn't go into the places that I knew had the best stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, because I was so tired and I didn't all the daycares, you know, there was no daycare, no childcare that I could put Ellie in because everything was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, And also, yes, I was full-time and my husband did work, but it wasn't like, you know, we had all this extra flexible income that I could be paying someone. Um, And in California right now, it's anywhere between $1,200 to $2,600 a month for daycare. You know, that's a mortgage. Wild. It is a mortgage. (laughs) It is. And so, I mean, I don't have that kind of extra money laying around. I don't know a lot of people who do, you know, and and because it wasn't like I could, I wasn't near my mom and, you know, my, um, my family out there, my husband's family, they all work. So it wasn't like I could find people that could watch Ellie so I could go. And I applaud those reselling moms who take their kids, who do it, you know, and they have them sitting there with them and they look so cute in the cards when they post the pictures of them or going I remember the bins with your kids, all that yeah, going you to the bins do? with their kids and feeding them snacks. And I, I even heard of some reselling moms, like we're just rock stars who were like, I feed my, my child when they wake up, I go to the car and I feed them and I go back. And I'm like, that is hustle. I admire that. I did not have that in me. <laughs> At least Jen's honest. Honestly, I didn't. And, and, you know, and, and that was really sad. And I think that like, I was really hard on myself. Cause I'm like, why can't I do that? Why can't, you know what I mean? And it's like, all of that was really, really tough for me. So knowing that I had this move coming up, I kind of slowed down anyways, because I knew I had to, um, you know, get rid of my inventory anyways, because I'm moving and I didn't want to move, you know, like 20, 30 bins of clothing across the country. So, you know, I really worked with what I had and I worked with other resellers, local resellers in the area who came to my house and they, you know, basically shopped. And I yeah, they came. To I definitely them. did. Yeah, <laughs> they came over, and I was like, you know, uh, like I'll give it to you a cost plus like a small, tiny little markup for like my finder's fee, and it was great, honestly. Like I got rid of well, basically everything, and anything that I had left over, I just sent the thread up, you know. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, this is this is like done. Like I'll move on, start over from scratch, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So, um then moving here, you know, I, I thought, oh, I can start up again. And that's a whole nother conversation in itself, you know, about the startup and trying to get to that. But, you know, reselling has really gotten me to where I am today. Um, because like, I, I know some of you also like knew that I had an app too, you know, that was Ria and it was an inventory management app. And I was very proud of that. Um, but because my reselling money had dried up, a lot of what I had done for Ria was, you know, all the money that I made went back and I invested into that. And there was a lot that I needed to put into it and I couldn't put into it anymore. So even my RIA is on hold right now. Um, you know, we, we stopped um, providing it to our customers and we were so thankful to everybody who, you know, joined and did a part of it. Um, but I wasn't able to give the dedication that I wanted to. And I don't ever believe in doing anything half-assed, right? So... <laughs> Yeah. And so that was really hard for me, but what was really great where I ended up um, and not to divulge too much about, you know, cause I do want to keep some things kind of private, but the opportunity that I got was because of the automation app that I created. Mm-hmm. I got an opportunity to work for a fantastic company and it was because of the things that I did in reselling. I was able to apply that, put that on my resume and got a fantastic job that allows me to stay at home, allows me to be with Ellie too, you know, and, um, and she does go to daycare because this also allows me to pay for that daycare where she can go and I can work, but I. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So. 
You want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I don't work crazy hours. I get to, you know, have her home with me. I get to have her in the mornings and it's absolutely fantastic. So reselling can really take you in so many different directions. It doesn't necessarily have to just be in reselling. You know, it is because of reselling. It's where I am today. I'm happy. I'm here in San Diego with my family, um, you know, with my husband and my daughter, and I get to spend all day with it's so great. You know, when I want to, obviously I should really off the daycare. <laughs> there are times where she wants to be at home. Don't let her fool you. Yes. So that's my long-winded answer, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your answer, Jen. No, but it's true. I, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to go back and reflect on your journey. Obviously mm-hmm. I saw it as it was happening, but I'm sure other people that are listening can relate to what you're saying because people go through, now it doesn't necessarily have to be motherhood, but people go through these, these phases and these ebbs and flows in their Absolutely. life. Right. And you feel like when you stop giving a certain percentage to something, you feel like you're a failure. You feel mm-hmm. like you're, you'll never get back to where you were. You're, you're failing at all the efforts that you put into whatever it was. And that's just simply not the case. You're just changing and evolving whatever it is that you were doing, right? So the other person that comes to mind um, who is a good friend of mine and she is kind of taking a step back from reselling in terms of Instagram and stuff. And uh, that would be Kristen from Voyage is a Verb. She kind of did the yes. same thing you did, Jen, you know, she, re- she was reselling full-time. That was her thing. She- Yeah, we actually reached website. out and chatted with each other about that because I was congratulating her on her, her job. And yeah, it's just, she's absolutely amazing on the things that she's done and the, the experience that she's gotten through reselling, you know, has given her the opportunities that she has now. So there's opportunities everywhere. You just got to see them. (laughs) They really, really are. But, and, and I think it's important to just put that out there to everyone who's listening or just anyone at all that that's like, if you feel like you're struggling, you know, and, and it's, it's not your fault. Maybe it's just, time to make an adjustment, time to make a change, time to make a pivot. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've pivoted in my business of reselling and it's what we have to do as entrepreneurs all the time. Every day, (laughs) literally every single day where I, where I finally think I have it. And then I'm like, oh, well, guess not. Right. The drawing board, you know, but but reselling is absolutely in my blood. I, I do love it. Like I said, I'm still doing it not at the capacity that I was doing before, but what's really nice is that like, I constantly have rotating wardrobe. I, you know, like we talked about before, like pulling things out from my closet, haven't worn you in a while. Let's get rid of you. I want something new. Weight has changed, you know, or, you know, my style has changed. Um, a lot of like Ellie stuff, her clothing, her things, selling that. So it is definitely a big part of my life still. And, um, you know, finding all those fun new places too in a different city, you know, kind of starting from scratch and knowing what, you know, like, you know, you always say, I wish I could go back knowing what I know, you know? So that's kind of what I'm doing now. And, you know, believe it or not, I feel like, is it helpful? Yes. But it also does hurt you in a way too, because you, you are very particular. You're not as open and as willing as you are when you first start, right? You're more setting your ways. You're more particular with what you like or how much you're going to pay for it. So that's been kind of interesting too. Can you hear that in the background? Is it me? No, it's no. my, my mom's answering machine's going off. Oh so I'm not sure well, if you could hear it. No, I was going to say, I thought that you could hear the running water above me. No, no. sorry, everyone. Not to distract you, but the answer machine's going off because I'm at my mom's house Mm -hmm. and it's just rattling. I'm like, I don't know if anyone can hear that. So I'm just going to sit here and we're going to see how that goes. All right. We're real. We're real. (laughs) This is real. Yeah. This is just real life guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thankful for reselling. I'm thankful for the friendships and the networking that I've had with, with you, obviously with everyone that I've worked with, with Lori, with everyone. And, um, and I, and I think that the opportunity is so real for so many people and hearing real stories Mm -hmm. is how to not only motivate someone to take that next step, but 
help someone sit back and reflect and, and realize that, you know, someone else who's in a very similar situation like me was able to do it and be successful and, and is now at a different point in her life where she's still doing it and being successful, but also incorporating those other things in her life, you know, and I just think it's so important to just be real and understand that. And it's definitely something that we always do here on Thrifters Villa. If you've been listening for a long time, um, you know, we like to give real perspective and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think having Jen here is really helpful because her expertise on certain things like the fashion world and the buying and all of that Mm -hmm. is really going to help pull in this different aspect when it comes to reselling. So we have this vision here on Thrifters Villa for next year. We have a really great vision. We have like some series that we want to do. Yeah. Um, And I'm really going to be leaning on Jen for them because of her background. Uh, And I think you guys will really appreciate it. And they're going to be series that are going to help you grow your business and understand mm-hmm. certain elements of your business in a way that maybe you didn't think about before. Um, you know, we have some really great guests and stuff that we want to bring on mm-hmm. that are expert matter specialists and things like that. So this is kind of like your intro. <laughs> yeah. All of that. And, you know, it, it, Thrifters Villa will never change. Like it's, we are built on oh. community and networking and all of that fun stuff. And I think Jen brings a, a a great dynamic um, to the table when it comes to that. And I think, well, thank you. Well, you're welcome. But I also think it'll be fun to oh, see yeah. the difference between the West Coast and the East Coast. Yes. Because I'm sure you've noticed being out in the thrift stores on the West Coast that not only are brands different that you're finding and price points are different, but just mm-hmm. the lay of the land is different in. Yes in San Diego yes. in particular, because that's where you're sourcing compared to mm-hmm. when you were on the East coast. Now, Jen sourced in Massachusetts. She's sourced in Connecticut, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, just mm-hmm. like I do. So oh, we yeah. went to the same, we place. go all over the place. We do. So now <laughs> three States in one day sometimes. <laughs> and it's so easy to do. It's easy. It so is. easy to do. You know, we did it once together. So, you know, that's yeah. just, we, we drove, we did Connecticut, we did Rhode Island, we did mass and then you did. And you're done by 12 or one o'clock, depending on what time you start. So yeah. it's not an all day thing. Or how long it takes you to like stop contemplating the like Zara sweater that you have in your cart. <laughs> you're just like overanalyzing it. You're like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's true. So now you're on the West Coast. And I think this is, I know, I know for a fact, there are listeners that um, have voiced their concern. Like, I can't find the stuff you find or, yeah. or I oh, yeah, find it's it, totally but it's different. so overpriced or like, how do you, like, how do you navigate all that? So now mm-hmm. I'm asking you that question. Mm-hmm. How are you navigating a thrift store when you are sourcing for your business mm-hmm. in comparison to when you were here on the East coast, where it's like you walked into a thrift store and just everything fell in your lap. And that's not the case every single time I'm exaggerating <laughs> because it's like, I spend hours sometimes, but <sighs> God, it's so easier nice. for us here because there are a so many thrift stores. The the people shopping in this area tend to lean a certain way, and certain brands are just easier to come by because yep. of what's what we have accessible to us here from either right. being in a city, whatever it is, right? Right. So I'm curious. We've oh talked God. about it briefly, but like we haven't actually done a deep dive on this. And and you found some like amazing things out there that mm-hmm. we would have never found here. Right, 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 right. Hot. I'm like, should we make this uh, episode? Episode two. Episode? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna give them a little preview. Good. No, preview. yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the differences, right? Absolutely huge, absolutely huge. So one of the first big differences is distance. Okay. So you have distance. So like we talked about going to different States, absolutely doable here. That is absolutely not doable (laughs) to me. The closest different thing than California is Mexico. And I'm not going to be sourcing in Tijuana. So sorry, (laughs) but distance, right? So in San Diego alone, I can't even tell you how many Goodwills there are off the top of my head. I will look it up for the next time to give you guys some more of the deep dives, you know, but I remember sending Danielle a screenshot of how many. I know. And I was like, you have so many stores around you. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that's just Goodwills. There are also Father Joe's that are called out here. There are um, Salvation Armies. Um, And of course your random mom and pop small kind of thrift stores, right? 
What we do not have are the gigantic savers in the value villages. Value villages I know are up in the LA area, but they're in I think Orange County too, but not here. We do not have them here. But based on what I've seen, the value villages are insane, the prices. Because the thing is the people out here know what they have. And it's not only just knowing that, oh, this is a banana republic. Oh, this is a lucky jeans. You know, all the typical Mm -hmm. things that you always see marked up wherever you go. It's that they actually have like a deep dive knowledge of what are the name brands that are out there. So that's always kind of tricky. Um, But the way that I've tried to navigate is I have to go to more stores. That's the big thing because the stores are a lot smaller out here. They're not, like I said, those big gigantic savers. But the problem with that too is that like gas out here is incredibly expensive. So you do have to be very, very thoughtful as to like where you go because trying to drive all the way across San Diego County, San Diego County is probably this, I don't know, probably the size of like Rhode Island, New Hampshire and like Vermont all put together. Like (laughs) It's just all the East Coast put together. It's huge, yeah, it's huge. So you have to kind of think that. And you also have to think of traffic too. There's traffic all the time here, you know? So throughout the day, you can really get stuck in that. So you really have to think about where you want to go, which means that sometimes you're only going to go into a neighborhood that only has like two to three thrift stores and they're small. So the way that I have changed the way that I've thrifting is I cannot do volume anymore. I have to really do quality over quantity is where my business has had to change. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I have to then be okay with paying up if I do find something that is good and worth it for me. Um, paying up is always scary. Paying up is also something that I think means something different to everybody else. Yep. So that is something that you need to figure out where you feel comfortable with that. But, um, you know, for me, my mind, my mind is also shifted when it comes to my, um, to, to my margins too, you know, before I was like, oh, I want to make five times my margins. Now I'm just like, well, I'm okay with making two, but that's just me, you know, two to three yeah. times my money. Now, again, like you could be like, that's not possible for me. So it's like, that's okay. You know, but this is kind of where I am with what I've seen out there. So it's just really figuring out the brands, knowing the good brands, knowing, you know, what's out there, but it's also figuring out the neighborhoods, where are all the cool kids living? <laughs> what, you know, where, mm-hmm. where is the disposable income? Where is all that? But that stuff makes a huge difference out here because another thing that I've noticed that is really tough for me is the homeless problem out here in California is very real. Um, and there are certain neighborhoods that I personally don't feel comfortable going into because I, I just don't feel safe, you know, right. going in. And and I and I and it's funny because the the Boston bins is not in the best area. I was going to say you're afraid to go into some areas. I know it's so the Boston funny. bins it's they so went to funny. every single day. But the problem is, is I know I go to the Boston bins all the time and that doesn't bother me, but the problem is just with the homeless problem yeah. that's out here. Um, it At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It, it, the na- neighborhood sometimes that you go into, they're just not places yeah. that no, I you that. may feel comfortable with, but I don't, I don't. Yeah. And so that is something that it has limited me. So I have to make sure when I look at the neighborhoods, I'm like, I have to make sure the neighborhood's worth it for me to even go in, you know, and do, do I think I'm going to find anything, anything good there? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, like all of these um, factors that go in. And I hope that I'm not coming off that I'm saying anything about any, any certain neighborhoods, but it's about you and how comfortable you feel. Yeah. Right. I don't think it's coming off any certain way. I just think we all have Mm -hmm. experiences and feel comfortable in different situations and that situation you're not comfortable with. And that's, that's fine. You know, I, and 
I'm I'm going to be very excited for us to do comparisons, which will be coming in the future. Jen and I are going to do some personal challenges and share with you guys everything and kind of talk about the the differences in a in a future mm-hmm. episode um, that we have noticed when it comes to New England versus West Coast. And Jen's going to be traveling a little bit, so she's going to be sharing mm-hmm. that with all of us. Mm-hmm. So Jen is definitely a traveler. Yes, I definitely am. So I'd love to take you guys along. But the one thing, last thing I wanted to mention though, and sorry if you hear that, <laughs> but um, I have I have found incredibly trendy brands out here though. Yeah, I'm sure you more, have. Rub it in. Way, Rub it yeah, in. way more than I have out there. But over there, it's like the tried and true, you know? Like, yeah, I know. You get, like the really, um, you know, like classic pieces that people are looking for you know where over here I am I do find more trendy pieces um which is really nice but again I and I have done this because I have gone through San Diego County I have found that it it really depends on the neighborhood right so the neighborhood that I found is a very trendy neighborhood it's where a lot of young professionals live Mm -hmm. and and um you know while I was there, I saw them all coming in with all their clothes, you know, and donating and they all look really fashionable. And I was like, Ooh, I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> you, know, you can donate to me. <laughs> I know. I know. That, that's yeah. the point where you want to like go to the people and be like, listen, instead of you dropping that off, I'm going to pay cash around back. And yeah. Give exactly. me that bag. <laughs> I would love to have like, like, I don't know, to be like tough enough to do <laughs> Like in my head, I could do that, but not in person. Not in real life. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it is interesting because then when you look at like savers, for example, in New England, right, there aren't as many, but they're huge and they serve tons and tons of different areas and they go through product like crazy out there. So um, you do find a lot of really, really good stuff, you know, because it's just so many people are donating to that. There aren't really that many goodwills in Massachusetts. I know there's one brand new one in Rhode Island. Um, in Mass, there's, oh yeah. (laughs) In in Mass, there's a bunch in Boston. Um, but like there's maybe like three or four sprinkled around the rest of the state. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm probably wrong, honestly, but it's not that many. Um, like a handful. Yes. Like a handful. And they're all right near each other in Boston. So yeah, exactly. So it is, it's interesting to see like the difference between them, you know, and luckily it's just about trying to be smarter than the thrift stores and finding the stuff that they don't mark as boutique out here. Cause when they do mark it up as boutique, it's not even worth it, honestly, most of the time to pick it up. So yeah, it is kind of interesting to kind of see the differences. And like I said, I'd be happy to go through all the um, experiences that I've gone through so far. So you guys can kind of see the difference. And then, like we said, I, I love to travel. I travel a lot. So when I go to different places, I will like to report back to you and what we, what I find, what are, you know, what are we looking at and I'm trying to figure out for all of you guys out there that are having a hard time, you know, finding good stuff, like, um, you know, what does good even mean? Right. That's a yeah. definition. I was going to say that. Good. What does good even mean? I mean, yeah. It's yes. different for everyone. And we're going clothing based. Like, yeah, you could be listening and you're an uh, electronic seller or you do arts and ceramics and all that kind of stuff. And what's mm-hmm. good to you, I would have no idea. I, I, I don't know. No, no idea. Know. Exactly. Exactly. No idea. And so, um, yeah, I'm happy to go through that and hopefully we can help you guys out too. Yeah. And we're going to cut it here only because we've been rambling for a long time. Yeah. But and we can keep rambling on. We could probably on. continue this episode for about three more hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, we used gonna... to do we used to do a room and clubhouse. Oh, yeah. And when we first started, we called it like rapid fire because we had this we idea learned we were real like, quick. We're not yeah, rapid. we wanted to be really quick. We were like 30 minutes. Let's do it for 30 minutes, something quick for so that people aren't on clubhouse all, all day. And then we had to call it not so rapid fire. <laughs> Because it was like two hours long, but it was really good. It was really so really good. good. Everybody had such great questions and yeah. great conversations. So, but I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing at least my voice. No. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. No, this is a good introduction to who Jen is. I think you'll see that she'll fit right in with our Thrifters Villa family here. And we have some really fun, fun, fun episodes that are planned for the next three, four months, because that's who Mm -hmm. Jen and I are as people. 
we are planners yeah. and we've we've mapped this all out we've got guests lined up for you guys and yeah. we're really excited um i am going to be putting out the post um about the round table episode because i want to do that for everyone this week has been absolutely crazy with work yeah. so i haven't had a chance to really focus in on that i know i promised that last episode but that will probably be already out by the time you're listening to this and we'll probably announce whoever it is in the upcoming days mm -hmm. and we'll get to sit down with all of you and have that time uh yeah that's it for right now hopefully <laughs> you guys enjoyed this episode yes. and we will be back next time i'm going to be coming back alone next time i have an episode that is patreon produced that we're going to be bringing to all of you for mm -hmm. the next week and then we'll be back together jen and i and then 2022 yeah. will literally be here in the next I know two and a half weeks, three weeks. It'll be crazy. Absolutely it's crazy. So wild. Well, thank you again, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thanks for for you know um having me join you on this journey yes. as well. I'm incredibly excited. And to everyone out there, you know, I'm um I'm always open, you know, if you want to write to me or anything, reach out. I'm I'm so happy to do so. Probably by the time this episode does air, I will be, you know, um live and in person <laughs> in all our different forums that we have so you know like on discord and with the with our um our patreon group and everything so um you know i cannot wait to meet you oh it's gonna be a lot of fun and i'll make sure jen's stuff will be linked down below her poshmark closet even though she's not really doing anything right now that will definitely be linked her instagram all of that so you guys can follow her if you don't follow her already and we will be back next time bye everyone Bye.